Welcome to Village Church of Gurney Podcast. This week we will be hearing from Pastor Brandon. The name of the series is Fear God Plus Walk Wisely. And the name of the sermon is Don't My Son. Pastor Brandon will be preaching from Proverbs 3. Let's join Pastor Brandon now. Well, we are in the middle of a summer series uh, here at Village where we're studying the early chapters of the book of Proverbs. And I want to begin today uh, by sharing a story with you about one of the more uh, vivid memories that I have from family dinners. Uh, Back when I was growing up, uh, family dinner was something that was always uh, important to us in our home. Uh, Yeah, we were a busy family, uh, on the go a lot. Uh, I don't think that we were as crazy busy as the vast majority of families are uh, today, but but we had more than our share of busyness. Uh, But even within that, we, we made time almost all the time to just sit down together as a family for dinner. And I I look back on that, and I remember a lot of those things, a lot of things from those dinners. Um, I grew up in a home, my my dad practically invented the dad joke, okay? Uh, Before there was such a thing as the dad joke, I know that term has come a little bit more into uh, prominence over the last couple of years, but decades before that, my dad had perfected the art of the dad joke. He would say things and do things at dinner time that would have my brother and I literally rolling on the floor laughing. Uh, just with, with some of the jokes and some of the things that he'd say and do. But there were other times that he was very serious because there were things that he needed to tell uh, my brother and me uh, just about life. And, and I remember very vividly to this day uh, my dad telling uh, my brother and me on, on multiple occasions, multiple occasions, that there were three rules in life. Never hurt your back, never hurt your back, and never hurt your back. My dad had a, at least a third generation bad back. He could trace this back, no pun intended, uh, he could trace this back at least to his grandfather. And in the events, as we grew up, that my, either my brother or I discovered that we had inherited as what has come to be known in our family as the Smith back, that, uh, that we knew that this was something you don't want to mess around with. Now, as it turns out, I did inherit the Smith back. My brother also inherited the Smith back. We are now a fourth generation bad back family. Yay us. Um, and yeah, I have had some back issues through the years. And yeah, some of those things have been self-inflicted um but you know over all those lessons that my dad taught me about what not to do they have really served me well uh, I, I i do to this day try to be careful for example about uh, not just about what i lift uh, but about how i lift it uh, i've learned some preventative maintenance types of exercises that i can do that will strengthen the muscles that surround some of the uh, the problem areas uh, in my lower back. And then I, I, I just try to make wise decisions. Because um, I know that this is a problem and that if I'm not careful, that the problem will end up becoming a bigger problem. Uh, that, that wisdom that my dad has passed along to me, it's, it's really served me well as long as I remember it, 
as long as I live by it. Well, as we open up Proverbs chapter 3 today, you, you can open up in your Bibles now, again, whether uh, in your print, print or electronic copy. We're going to see in Proverbs 3 today some fatherly wisdom that a dad is sharing with his son. And whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're a boy or girl, the wisdom that our Heavenly Father is sharing to us through Proverbs 3 today, th this is his gift to us. As long as we remember this wisdom and as, lo as long as we live by it, we're going to benefit from this in ways that, not just that, that it's for our good, but, but it's for the glory of God. Now, if you just take a moment and, and skim through Proverbs 3, you, you might find this chapter a, a little bit challenging to track with at first. Um, you take the first glance, you maybe don't pick up on necessarily a flow of logic that carries through the chapter. It almost, in places, it seems like it's this series of a list of bullet points almost and then there are other places where the language gets gets very poetic and almost flowery uh, some of you track really well with that that those images that abstractness really really resonates with you if that describes you god bless you it's not my cup of tea uh, but uh, but hey we're, we're we're all different different things resonate with us and there's but there's just a lot of good stuff to be found in Proverbs 3, but what is it that ties it all together? Well, as we dig deeper in this chapter, I think we can find today that there's three overarching themes, and, and they're presented as fatherly wisdom, where you have a dad speaking very directly to his son. You'll see it's in verse 1, verse 11, and verse 21. But each of these three wisdom things, they're presented as a dad telling his son, don't do this. Dads have been sharing wisdom in the form of don't do this statements for centuries and centuries, long before you know, my dad shared his own don't do this statements with, with my brother and me. We'll find here in Proverbs 3 that the first thing that this father says to his son, is my son, don't forget my teaching. And if you've got a piece of paper with you and a writing utensil, or, or if you don't, if you just need to tap out this note on your phone, but somehow or another, take them just write this down so that you've got it for later on. A wise life remembers. Write that down. Because if you look at the, these 10 verses, these first 10 verses in Proverbs 3, they break down into five pairs. There's five groups of verses. There's, there's two verses each, and each of these little couplets begins with an instruction. Now, sometimes part of the instruction, instruction is, is stated in the affirmative. It, it tells us what we can do. It tells us what we should do. Now, there's other times that the instruction is presented to us in, in the negative. It tells us what we can't do. It tells us what we shouldn't do. But take a look at these odd-numbered verses. Take a look at kind of how these both-and instructions end up playing out. Look at verse 1. It says, don't forget my teaching. There's the negative. But let your hearts keep my commandments. There's the positive, the affirmative. Verse 3, don't let steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. It's the negative. 
but bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. There's the, there's the affirmative. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. The positive, lean not on your own understanding. There's the negative. Verse 7, don't be wise in your own eyes. There's the negative. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. There's the affirmative. Now, verse 9, that's the one exception to the pattern because it's, it's, it's just one in instruction presented in the affirmative, but kind of in two parallel ways. It, sa it says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. But following every one of these instructions, again, whether the instruction is stated in the affirmative or whether the instruction is stated in, in the negative, there's a statement of blessing that follows. It's almost like that these are set up as if-then statements. Uh, in verse 1, for instance, if, if you don't forget my teaching, well, then length of days and years of life and peace will be added to you. Verse 3, if you bind love and faithfulness around you, verse 4, then you're going to find favor and good success in the eyes of God and man. Verse 5, if you trust in the Lord with all of your heart, well, then, verse 6, God will make our paths straight as we acknowledge him. Verse 7, if we're not wise in our own eyes, then, verse 8, it will bring us physical healing and refreshment. Verse 9, if you honor the Lord with your wealth, verse 10, you'll have an abundance of material blessings. Now, let's remember from the first week of our series that, that Proverbs aren't necessarily ironclad promises that are absolutely 100% true in 100% of situations 100% of the time. These are principles. And generally speaking, though, we can take away that there is some type of blessing that will follow us as we remember and apply the teaching that we've been given. One of the reasons why I enjoy preaching is just because I, I, I learn so much as I'm studying, and it, it was fascinating for me as I was studying this chapter and these particular verses and seeing these instructions that are being presented both in the affirmative and in the negative, and, and I, I couldn't help but wonder if, if God, in, in his wisdom, if he does this because he knows that we need this type of motivation, both of these types of motivation, at different points in time. It's maybe somewhat like it is with athletes. It's interesting because if, if you talk with athletes or, or if you talk with coaches and you ask them, are you more motivated as a competitor because you love winning, or because you can't stand losing. What motivates you more as a competitor? I mostly athletes and coaches that I've talked to, interestingly, seem to be, seem to be the latter. That, that they, they just don't like losing. They're scared to lose. And that, that is what fuels them. That is what drives them. Not because of the joy of winning, but just like, at least I did lose. But both are true. Depending on the athlete, depending on the situation, different things motivate different competitors. But in everyday life, different ones of us can be motivated in different ways at different times. Sometimes we can see something that's out there and we're excited about it and we want to go for it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And then there's other times that, that, that we are told, don't do this. And here's why. 
And this word of caution that we're being given, it's, it's actually a gift to us because that's protecting us from something that would be harmful to us or, or, or it's putting us in, in a position to receive something better later on. But as God instructs us, he will use both the affirmative and the negative to direct us in a way so that we can experience his presence and his blessings as fully as we can. So be on the lookout in your everyday lives for God bringing both of these to the forefront for you. Be on the lookout for this as you're spending time in the Word on a regular basis through the week. Look for both the affirmative and for the negative. Take them both seriously. And even if your personality, your bent, may lean more towards, you, know, you gravitate more towards one or the other, maybe take some time to think about how you can be a stronger both and follower of Christ because both these affirmative statements and these cautionary statements are things that you are taking seriously, are things that you are remembering, and things that you are applying in your everyday lives. Don't forget the Lord's teaching in your life in whatever form it may come in, because a wise life remembers that teaching. Well, the next time that the father here, and back to Proverbs 3, the next time the, pro, the, the father addresses his son, it begins in verse 11. He says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. What does it mean to despise something? I'll illustrate it this way. I'll give you another story from the, uh, from the Smith dinner table. Except this is from my own dinner table with my wife and my, my daughter. This happened a few weeks ago. Uh, this, is, this is one of those nights where we enjoyed uh, a gourmet meal of uh, spaghetti topped with red sauce. And, uh, you know, we, we ate, ate our pasta. It was a very, very uneventful meal. It went fine. Uh, I stood up to start cleaning off, uh, you know, the dishes from the table, and, and I did not feel well. And I, I sat back down pretty quick, and I was like, whoa, what, what, what was that? And I tried to, you know, gather myself for, for a minute or two, got back up, and, you know, again, took my, my plate and my silverware and glass over to the sink, and by the time I arrived at the sink, uh, my... Uh, my digestive system made an executive decision to forcibly evacuate the contents of my stomach. Um, I, and in fact, in fact, it made multiple executive decisions to make sure that the contents of my stomach were, were, were good and cleaned out. Um, I went through this for a few minutes. I sat back down. You know, I'm, just, I'm just wiped out. But the crazy thing is I felt fine. I sat down, I'm trying to wrap my head around, it's like, what just happened? I'm trying to replay and look back, and, and finally I thought about something. I, I said to Amy, um, you know that leftover corn that I warmed up in the microwave? Do you, you have any idea how long that had been sitting in there for? Uh, no. Started talking about connecting the dots and came to discover that it had been in there for, for at least two weeks, maybe longer. Um, thankfully, I was the only person who ate any of the corn that night. 
Uh, although I, I do think it's interesting that this is what I get for eating my vegetables. Um, but again, when, when, when the corn went into my mouth, it, it tasted fine. Sometimes when you eat bad food, it's just like there's just something just like in me. It's like, oh, this, this, something's wrong here. I didn't have that experience at all. Leftover corn, it was fine. But when that hit my stomach, my system just knew there was something wrong with this. And my stomach rejected that corn. It was like my, was like my stomach said that there is no way that you are getting one step farther into this body. We are not having any part of this. Get out. The word that's translated here in verse 11 it's here in the ESV, as, as despised. It comes from a Hebrew verb that literally means to reject. When the Lord disciplines us, we actually have a choice in the matter, believe it or not. We can choose to reject the discipline. We could say, God, I know you're wanting to refine me, and I, I know that you're using your discipline in my life right now, but uh-uh. There's no way that you're getting one step farther into this area of my life. I, I am not having any part of this. Get out. And we wouldn't say it quite so brashly to the Lord, but actions do speak louder than words. And when God wants to discipline us, one possible response that we can have to his disciplining work is that we can despise it. We can reject it. We can cast it out from us. We can say, I don't want any part of this. But the wisdom that's given to us here in Proverbs 3 says, don't despise the Lord's discipline. Don't be weary of his reproof. In other words, don't grow tired when the Lord is, is teaching you and correcting you. Don't grow tired of it. Why? Because it, the Lord reproves those whom he loves. Like a father does in the life of a son in whom he delights. These verses here in Proverbs 3, verses 11, 12, these are actually referenced over in Hebrews 12. And it's over there that the writer of Hebrews tells us to endure hardship as discipline. Why? He says because God is treating us like his kids. Good dads discipline their kids. Loving dads, as an expression of their love, discipline their kids. And it's not like that the discipline we're going through is pleasant at the time. In fact, it can be very painful. The writer of Hebrews is very upfront about that. But he's also upfront in saying that later on, later on, that discipline will prove to be the means by which that we are experiencing the fruit of righteousness in our lives. And, and it's because we haven't despised the Lord's discipline, we haven't rejected it, but instead, we've been trained by it. 
It's the life that's been trained by the Lord's discipline that can celebrate the blessings and the riches of wisdom that are described all throughout verses 13 through 18. But Proverbs 3, because for that type of a life, the, the, these virtues of wisdom and, and, and this ode to wisdom that's given here, this isn't just stuff that you read on a page or that you read on a screen, but instead it's, it's real-time, real-life blessing that God is bringing to the forefront in your lives. The life that's been trained by the Lord's discipline is a life that could turn its ultimate focus back on the Lord himself because the Lord is the one true source of wisdom. Verses 19 and 20, the Lord's wisdom and knowledge, that's the basis upon which he created the heavens and the earth. We read these verses at the top of the service uh, during the, the worship time. Usually when we think about God's work as the creator, we, we think about his, his, his infinite power. That's certainly a, a good and appropriate thing for us to do, but verses 19 and 20 here says that the Lord also accomplishes creative work through his wisdom. Ponder that one here in the next few days. Because as we mine the depths of that truth, as God then begins to reveal wisdom about himself to us, because he is the one true source of wisdom, we're going to respond in worship and in thanksgiving for everything that he is, for everything that he does. But the path to accessing that wisdom begins by not despising his discipline in our lives. 2020 has uh, certainly been a historic year so far. It's been a tumultuous year. It's, it's just been a hard year already. Pastor Dan referenced that in his announcement. It's like, wake up, like, goodness, this is another day. There's <laughs> a lot that's already happened here in 2020. There, there's a lot that's happening right now here at you know, the middle, end of July locally and nationally and globally. We, goodness knows, we certainly can't pretend to know what tomorrow's going to bring. I certainly can't. I certainly don't presume to, to know the mind of God. And I certainly don't presume to understand everything that God is doing right now, why he's allowing things to happen or unfold in a certain way. But I, I do believe that, that one of the multiple multiple things that God is in the middle of doing right now. Underneath this, the umbrella of, of his sovereign plan for history, I believe we're in the middle of the time when the Spirit of God is doing a refining work in his church. He's doing a refining work in his people. I, I think we're smack dab in the middle of it right now. I, I, I think we are living this in real time. I don't presume to know all of what God is wanting to refine in us, whether, whether as individuals or whether corporately. I, I don't know why he has chosen this specific season of time to begin doing this. Uh, I, mean, I, I, I have some thoughts on it, but they're more just things that I wonder about. And, and, and you know, right now is not the time or the place to, to get into that, but what right now is the time and place to get into is to remind us all and to challenge us all that whenever God may be disciplining us, 
Whatever God might be wanting to do in us, whatever his purpose might be behind it all, don't despise the Lord's discipline. Don't reject it. And it may very well be hard. And it might be hard for a long, long time. I, I don't know. But whatever God is doing to refine your life, whatever God is doing to refine Village Church, whatever God is doing to refine the, the church in the United States of America or the global church, let us not despise the Lord's discipline. Let us not reject whatever it is that he may be wanting to do in us to refine us so that we look more like Jesus and so that we're closer to him. A wise life is refined. The Lord disciplines those he loves. And those who have been trained by his discipline will reap the rewards righteousness and peace and wisdom in their lives. And that leads perfectly into our third and final don't my son statement. And it starts in verse 21. It says, my son, do not lose sight of these. Keep sound wisdom and discretion that it will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Write this down too. A wise life is rewarded. And using this phrase all morning, it, it's a wise life. Maybe you've got a category in your mind for what that looks like. And if you do, great. Maybe for some of you, it's still a little bit fuzzy. A wise life remembers. A wise life is refined. A wise life is rewarded. That's the framework. Those are the foundation of building blocks, but maybe you need some help filling that in. In some ways, I don't want to get too specific with that because I just believe that God and his creativity and how he works in our lives, I think there could be any number of expressions of, of what this type of life can look like. But there are other ways that I do want to get very specific, and it's no small part because here in Proverbs 3, the word of God does get very specific, at least by giving some examples of what this can entail. In fact, if you look at verses 25 and all the way down through verse 32, in those eight verses, there, there are six specific examples of what a wise life looks like. Every one of these examples is given in the form of a command, and every one of these commands is presented in the negative. I mean, look, look, look at that verse beginning in, look at that list beginning in verse 25. Do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. Some of these commands, they, they speak about actions that we should not do. It says, do not withhold good. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Uh, do not contend with a man for no reason. Other times the commands are speaking more about uh, internal things, more about matters of the heart. It says, don't be afraid of, of sudden terror. Or, or don't plan evil against your neighbor or don't envy a man of violence but what all six of these examples have in common is that 
this just involves basic everyday life stuff. It just deals with the people that we rub shoulders with on an everyday basis. It's just speaking into the things that we do and say and think and feel day in and day out. I think that we need to pay attention to this because for, for as incredible and profound as wisdom can be, wisdom's also very simple and practical and, and, and down to earth. And, and we can maybe think about what does a wise life look like and we can get have this, this picture in our mind of, of the, the gray-bearded guru. You know, who, who at some point in his life had the opportunity to go and spend seven years off in the mountains of Tibet and just, you know, pondering the meaning of life in the universe and everything. And, and that, that, that is what wisdom looks like. That's, that's how wisdom is embodied. It's not that complicated. You see, a wise life is, is seen in someone who, who just applies wisdom, practical wisdom, in everyday life situations. It's someone who has a track record of not despising the Lord's discipline in their lives. It's someone who, who just remembers and applies God's teaching in their lives. And, and if we are looking off to some faraway place or maybe more pertinent for our situation, if, if we're scouring the internet, in search of some person who can unlock the mystery to us, uh, uh, showing us what a wise life looks like, then we might miss out on learning what it is that God wants to teach us through the wise, life, wise lives that he's placed right in front of us. Like with a retired car mechanic. Or like a single mom who's worked two jobs for 15 years to try and provide and raise her three kids on her own. They're like the couple that's been married for 63 years and, and they know what it means to stick together for better or for worse. Or like in the example of a woman who's in her early 30s knows what it's like to be refined and disciplined by the Lord, but who also wants to do her best to live what she's learned as she enters back into the unknown. Wisdom's very practical. A wise life lives out wise principles in everyday life situations, and the Lord delights in showering his blessing and his reward on people who live out these wise principles in everyday life. Verse 33 says the Lord blesses the dwelling of the righteous. Verse 34, to the humble he gives favor. Verse 35, the wise will inherit honor. A wise life is rewarded by the Lord, the one who is the source of all wisdom. I'll wrap up with this. I'll give you a little bit of a homework assignment. Um, whether you want to do this on your own, in your own study time this week, uh, for those of you who are in, in your gatherings, you want to do this in a gr uh, your, your group setting, but go back and read through Proverbs 3, and then ask yourself, how do you see Proverbs 3 on display in the life of Jesus? This is something I've done sometimes with passages I've studied in the New Testament. I don't know if I've ever done it with something in the Old Testament. I, I've, I've certainly never done it with anything in the book of Proverbs, but 
how do you see Proverbs 3 on display in the life of Jesus? I mean, Jesus was definitely somebody that who remembered his father's teaching. While Jesus maybe wasn't necessarily disciplined in the same way that, that we are disciplined, it's interesting in Hebrews 5, it says that Jesus, he, he, he learned obedience through what he suffered. It's another one to ponder throughout the next few days. We know Jesus was certainly rewarded. Jesus has been exalted to, to the highest place. Jesus has been given the name, it's by the very name, but... As you do this, realize that Jesus didn't just give wise teaching. Jesus lived a wise life. If you want to look any place for an example of what a wise life looks like, look at the life of Jesus. Because as God wants to work in us to make us more like Jesus, doing this is going to give us a clearer picture of who God wants to change us into, inside and out, as he makes our lives lives of wisdom, all to his honor and glory. Would you pray with me, please? <laughs> Lord, today we want to, uh, wherever we are, we are at, as, as one church scattered together, to offer ourselves to you in a fresh way, to do the work that you need to do in our lives that will draw us closer to you, make us more like you, and to be able to shine you more brightly to those that we come in contact with. Thank you, you've given us unlimited access to your wisdom. Because you are indeed, Lord, the source of wisdom, and though it may be challenging to experience that work in our lives to be, to be changed because the, sometimes the refining fire gets really, really hot in our lives, um, help us to persevere, help us to not grow weary, help us to remember the blessings that you have in store for us, not even just in this life, but even more so in the life to come because of the grace and mercy that you have given us access to, Jesus, because of all that you are, all you've done in our lives. We pray these things, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Village Church of Gurney's podcast. If you would like to know more about Village Church, you can go to our Facebook page under Village Church of Gurney. Or go to www.bcgurney.org.